0: Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Shike. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Shike. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. Today, uh, I am excited to welcome a, um, a friend and hero of mine, uh, Pastor Joe Barron, to the podcast. Pastor Joe uh, grew up in uh, at Christ in Lincoln and um, known him since he was uh, in probably elementary school or something like that. And uh, now he's a pastor and has become one of the leaders of our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, pastor in California. So we want to welcome him to the podcast. Uh, pastor Joe, say hi to the people.
1: Hey, everybody. Good to be on. I love that intro, Pastor Shag. That was awesome.
0: Hey, that was great. A real radio announcer voice there, huh? hmm Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so one of the reasons we're having, aside from just my admiration for, uh, for Joe, is um, he has written a book called The Ends of the LCMS, and um, kind of an intriguing title. And so I got a chance to Preview this before it came out. It's a great book uh, available to you on Amazon. If you'd like to uh, order it, you can just go to Amazon and order Ends of the LCMS. I want to know, um, Joe. First of all, what in the world possessed you to write a book, and what's it about?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a few different kind of motivations and places that it comes from, but a, a good chunk of it comes from being in California. Is a little bit more secular, a little more post-Christian um and then on top of that it was kind of coming across some some data and some projections that was out there so uh, the book kind of falls into two major categories and I use as a metaphor throughout it uh, a struggle that I had in my life where uh, when I was going to seminary um, my body started acting weird where like my wrist would lock up and uh, my ankle would lock up and eventually after seeing a few doctors I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and hmm. that realization is to oh yeah this is why I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing and this is makes sense for some of the changes uh, helped me to kind of say these are Some things that I could do moving forward because of that. And I think similarly for the church right now, um, as we move into a little bit more of a post Christian context in America, where, you know, if you go back into the 1960s, an overwhelming majority of Americans were church going, you know, God fearing people. It's what separated us from communist, uh, from the communist Russians back then. Um, that's that's changed to where Christians are becoming more of a minority in America. And so the book kind of looks at some of the data of what that means for the church body that we're in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And then uh, in the second half, kind of asks some questions of, of are there changes that we're willing to make or that we want to talk about moving forward? <sighs>
0: So it's, it's really a, a great insightful book. And, and so if you were to say, what would be helpful uh, for us as Christians living in a post-Christian culture, what kinds of things would you, how, just what would you say to that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I think a really really helpful tangible thing for for most Christians, and this it seems kind of obvious, but but don't ever assume a lot of Christianity on and in in for people, right? Like people don't understand biblical narratives like they used to or Bible, Bible mm-hmm. stories. Um, however, what's fascinating is people are still very open to spiritual conversations. It's not that people are no longer Christian, and they have rejected God, and they they believe in atheism and things like that. A lot of times, there's ambiguity that people believe, and so it's uh, possible and I would encourage you to to not be afraid to kind of have spiritual conversations with people and to to talk to them about what you believe um but at the same time don't kind of take for granted this idea of like oh yeah they, they kind of know the bible story and what Jesus is all about because more and more that's not going to be the case
0: right 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 and pe- but yet people still have that hole in their heart you know that Saint augustine mm-hmm. talked about right mm-hmm. that uh, that only God can fill and they're trying to fill it in all sorts of ways and we have the answer. Right. So, yeah. How did, um, now you grew up at Christ Lincoln, um, went to 211 as a, you know, I remember in middle school, high school, going to 211. Um, How did growing up at Christ influence um, some of the ideas you have behind this book? For instance, can I, I'm going to answer part of that if I could, could I do that? Ah, I love how you started out in the world uh, with your rheumatoid arthritis and people can even if you don't have that, which I don't have it, but I can identify with some of the things you're saying in terms of the choices you had to make. Am I going to make lifestyle changes? Am I going to make these changes or not? And that's going to determine how things are going to go. And you use that kind of as a parable preaching to um, then apply to the uh, to the church and to the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. But Maybe that's how, what you were going to say, the, the question, in which case I already answered it, but what were you going to say? Yeah, I,
1: I think one thing that was kind of um, implemented on me at a, a younger age, which is that 2.11 kind of uh, idea, which says, how do we present the gospel in such a way that people will hear it in their own tongue and hear it in a way that it speaks to that, you know, Augustinian idea of, of our souls are restless until they rest in you, O oh Lord. Um I think that what's what's fascinating is when I was growing up, I used to get really big into like apologetics, right and and mm-hmm. you know worldview, foundations, truth, how do we argue for these sorts of things? And what I've come to learn as I've continued to talk with more people outside of the church um is people are are far off people are far less often inspired by arguments over the truth and are far mm-hmm. more often moved by. Um, showing them what is good and what is beautiful about mm. Jesus and Christianity. And so that's mm. that's like something that I think has been helpful in my own life. And that kind of the 2.11 idea from a young age of saying, how do we present the gospel in such a way it resonates with people mm. is something that is uh, so vitally important in that. And so uh, I mm. pray that I have a little bit, I think that I talk about that earlier in the book, um, quoting from Apologetics at the Cross is a really good kind of read on that sort of a thing. Um, but the other thing too, uh, about Christ is, um, with you having like all sorts of different services and, and things like that too, like there still is kind of options for, you know, mm-hmm. what really resonates with people in that way. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, see if this, if this is kind of an example of what you're talking about. I've, I've read, uh, of course, when the church began, it was the, in the Roman era, uh, very, well, it wasn't post-Christian Christian hadn't Happened yet, but in the pre-Christian yeah. era, right in the Roman uh, Roman Empire, that one of the things that, um, among a number of things that helped um, advance the spread of the gospel, was um, the way that Christians lived. I mean, they'll know they're Christians by our love, right? Uh, they'll know we are Christians by our love. So the way they lived, the way they, the way uh, godly husbands cared for their wives, the way they cared for the sick and the infirm, um, the sexual ethic of Christians lived out. Uh, became a beautiful thing in the face of a culture that um, the sexual ethic was uh, horrible to say the least. And so people were drawn to the, like you said, the beauty of the Christian life. And that was what uh, part of what uh, grew the church. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That very much. So the, I think the more Christians can can live kind of countercultural lives that reflect that beauty that people are longing for the, the, more that people will look upon Christians in an inquiring way saying, I want to learn more about who Jesus of Nazareth is and, and mm. what it means to follow him. Uh, I'm reminded from what you shared of uh, a few different historic examples. Like uh, I remember reading a while back ago about a, a plague that took a uh, place that was spreading throughout Rome in say the fourth or fifth century. And there was a there was a quote by a historian about how as everyone else is is leaving the city um, mm-hmm. because this is spreading and people don't want to get infected. Christians were the ones that were known as going into the city to care for the people who are left there, who are mm-hmm. sick and diseased and, and dying because they realized like, I, hey, I know what's going to happen to me when I die. So I want to make right. sure that I can be there to care for those who need it. Um, and then, oh, man, there's, there's so many cool historic examples of this. There is All a... Right. a um, a man who uh, one of the emperors sent to go and check out kind of in the early church in the third century to see like, what is this group called the way what's going on here? This is kind of strange. And there's this, beautiful letter that he writes back to the King where he just says their way. Okay. Uh, oh Lord is, is, is something divine. If any one of them has need another one fasts and gives up their food for two or three days. And like, it just paints this picture mm-hmm. of disciples having all things in common. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing that I think the more we can, Dive deeper into our faith in the midst of this, and say, what does it mean to live this out? The the better off mm-hmm. it will
0: be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those are some real positive, uplifting things. I'm going to turn the table though and say, what kinds of things as you research the statistics, what made you nervous? What are the things yeah. that caused you to go, oh my goodness?
1: So, um, you know what's funny is when when my generation was in college, there was uh, research done, I think it was like 2009 by Dave Kinnaman and Barna and the, the overwhelming feeling from non-Christians about Christians where they were uh, hypocritical, judgmental, and anti-homosexual. It's just the top three things. Mm-hmm. Um, and those really haven't changed. If anything, they've intensified on like the two the political front and the hypocritical front. And so um, I... I think there's a lot of room for us to, to kind of intentionally say, how do we make sure that on the one hand we are called as, as citizens of America to say, you know, we want to vote our conscience and, and do what's right. But in the other to say, mm-hmm. our hope is in Jesus. He's, he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to have that kind of balance, um, it's a challenge preaching when um, you know, there's going to be guests in the room every week, like every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday here at Christ. Mm-hmm. And, And so how do you, we have to be careful to know the key thing is the gospel of Jesus, uh, but then have avenues to be able to live out uh, our faith. In the left-hand kingdom, the political kingdom, as well as well as uh, talk about the uh, the hard realities of life. So, um, so what? Finally, what makes you excited uh, about things in the future? Do you think the church has? Yeah. Does the church have a future? or Is it going to die, Joe?
1: Oh, uh, hey, Jesus is Lord of the church. The church <laughs> absolutely has a future, and and it's so interesting because I think. Um, I think we, a lot of times kind of obsess over ourselves a little bit, or we just see our picture of the world as Americans. The church globally is thriving and is, is doing really well. Uh, there's a, a book called um, will the religious inherit the earth that kind of looks at this question. Cause there are some people that have said, well, is the world gets more technologically advanced. Will we all just become secular and will religion kind of fall to the past? And the author comes to the conclusion that no, actually that's, that doesn't seem to be the case from the data we have so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing that I'm excited about is I think that as there is kind of this winnowing as things kind of shift I think it'll prayerfully and hopefully uh, a new kind of branch of what it looks like to to in a dedicated countercultural early church kind of way follow Jesus is is mm-hmm. going to emerge so I'm um, looking forward to that. Um, one thing I didn't mention as much on the last question on what I'm nervous about is I do think a lot of the the structures and a lot of the things that we've kind of traditionally built ourselves on really existed in like a, a Christian era where you could assume Christianity in society. So there's going to be some weird kind of growing pains with that stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm excited to see what God has planned in the future. So.
0: Yeah, things are going to change and we got to not be afraid of that, but follow Jesus wherever he leads us uh, as a church. So, yeah. That's good. Good stuff. Well, I, again, I'd highly recommend the book. Uh, to purchase that book from Amazon, uh, the ends of the LCMS, and and by that, when I first saw the title, it was the I, I read it as the end of the LCMS, like we're done, we're we're gone. But then I realized, no, wait a minute, it's ends, and um, you're really talking about what is our purpose. What is our mission as uh, as Christians, but as the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? And of course, right. our mission is to seek and save the lost. Right. Our mission is to uh, reach another person uh, for Jesus and uh, by our actions, by our words, to do that. So I'm very grateful for the practical ways that you talk about in the book as well, um, for not only individuals, but for us as a church body to uh, be thinking about as we move ahead, as we try to cure our rheumatoid arthritis, shall we say, as we, as we try to get healed and uh, continue to move in the right direction. So thanks for being here. Hey, Joe, before you go, um, I'm going to surprise you here. Hold on. I'm going to put something on the screen. You recognize this, Joe? <laughs> yes,
1: if you're I on do. YouTube, yes, If
0: you're on YouTube, there's, there's a picture. If you're not on YouTube, you won't see this, but it doesn't matter. It's okay. But a uh, picture on the screen is called the order of the fountain. And, um, seven books by Joe's wife, Sarah. So uh, I happen to know that she's an author. She's written, I don't know, 12 or 15 books by now or so. So um, Joe, tell us about Sarah's books, if you would. Just Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, about three years ago, my wife just picked up writing as a hobby. She'd done it a little bit in her youth. And so the the series that you have up right there is uh kind of creative Uh, retelling of some classic fairy tales, like you have Peter Pan, Little Mermaid, all of those, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk kind of scattered throughout the books in the same world. And uh, it's an awesome series. Really enjoy it. Um, although there's, I'll never forget, there's one reviewer who said, uh, of it, if you can get past the Christian propaganda woven throughout it, it's pretty good. So,
0: <laughs> well, that's what we're looking for, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cause other books have a lot of other propaganda in them. So that's, that's good. I'm glad she's doing that. So, so anyway, uh, check out, uh, Sarah Barron, uh, B E R A N on, um, Amazon, and you can find her books there. And so we recommend those to you. So uh, so proud of her for all of her uh, work with those. Anyway, uh, Pastor Joe, thanks for joining us. And thanks especially for your ministry and your leadership uh, in the church in California and the church of our LCMS. Thanks for uh, being part of this.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sheik. It's a blessing to be here.
0: All right. Well, that's what we got for you today. We want to encourage you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's all one word, eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of this uh, particular podcast. If you want to get a hold of Pastor Joe, you can write us there and I'll forward that to him. Uh, I want to let you uh, just just remind you as we close uh, to take hold of that promise of God in Isaiah 40, that those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles. And we do Hope in the Lord and trust him to be uh, blessing us in our lives, no matter what the circumstances are that we face. Thanks for joining us.